0: I'm Rowdy McClain from Play A Bigger Game. We've got something fantastic for you today. You know, I love bringing you interviews with people that are playing a bigger game from all over the world. And some today we've got a very, very special guest. So uh, this guy is the co-founder of of a fabulous organisation. He's the managing director. He's uh, as busy as a hive of bees doing some remarkable stuff that you guys are just going to love. And so I don't really want to try and explain what uh daniel and his team get up to i'm going to let him do it to for me so how are you daniel
1: good thanks rowdy welcome to the podcast good to be on the show
0: yeah yeah so uh but the co-founder managing director of thank you can you explain what thank you is to all of my listeners
1: oh, i can and look let me tell you it is the best organization name when you turn up to uh, a meeting lobby And they ask where you're from, and you say you're from Thank You. And they're like, excuse me? No, I'm from from, Thank You. And it's a little awkward, but uh, maybe it's a marketer's dream. But look, we're a social enterprise um, that sells consumer products and gives 100% of the profits to funding uh, aid and development programs uh, to the world's poorest. So what that looks like is we have four product ranges uh, from bottled water, uh, to food like muesli, uh, muesli bars. We've got a body care range, hand washers and lotions, uh, and now a baby range, um, including nappies and or diapers if you're in other parts of the world, uh, and baby body care products. And the profits then go to funding a corresponding cause. So water funds water, food for food, body care for health and sanitation, and our baby range is funding uh, infant and maternal health programs. And, and really this whole thank you uh, brand or, or really consumer movement is how we we phrase it. It's just about empowering the consumer dollar to go further, and um, you know making this world, world world a better place. That
0: is playing a bigger game, mate. Let's go back now. So, well, before we go back, how much uh, how, how much money do you distribute to causes yeah. around the world?
1: So we we've just tipped over 5.2 million dollars profit uh, distributed to our pro- project partners around the world, and it, you know it's a really exciting milestone for us. Um, you know, for the listeners, a bit of a timeline, and I'm sure we'll dive into this a bit. But it took us three years to raise 50 grand. Uh, by year five, we're at 500 grand, uh, and now is uh, eight and a half years in. And just over five millions gone. So, really hit a tipping point. Uh, Forty six products now on the market, stocked in all your major retailers uh, here in Australia, and um, yeah, we're we're getting ready for it for a big twenty seventeen. We we believe.
0: Yeah, that's an incredible story, and we'll we'll uh, delve more into that. But I I'd like to take you back to the point where Daniel Flynn decided that. Maybe he could play a bigger game. Maybe he could do this thing, this idea. Maybe, like, did you come up with him and go, that'll work? Or did you come up with him and go, that's so silly. That'll never get off the ground. Well, what happened back yeah, then?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. It, it, it's a little bit of both. And and I think for those people listening, for all of us who have ideas, there are, there are moments where you are so convinced it'll absolutely work. And then sometimes that same day or the next morning when you wake up, like, no, that's the dumbest idea ever, <laughs> and, and you have this sort of internal battle with yourself, whether you're going to tell someone else about your potentially dumb or world-changing idea. I think um, for me, I was lucky to have two really close people to me, Jared, my best mate, and Justine, um, who was my girlfriend and now wife, um, and I told these two people and a few others, hey, guys, I, I had this idea. And it wasn't just an idea about product. I was actually sitting uh, when I was 19 years old um, in front of my computer uh, watching some stories on global poverty. Um, It was part of a university research. Um, Anyway, anyway, long story short, I I stumbled across this this particular video that talks about the world water crisis. And what shocked me were uh, these statistics that at the time uh, in 2008 900 million people didn't have access to clean water. And, I like, I've grown up in Australia, and we have, like, 21, 22 million people. So I'm trying to think, how is that even possible? And, and then 4,500 children die each day from waterborne disease. And I'm having one moment uh, that day where I'm at my computer, and, and I'm literally sitting there crying because some of these stories, uh, kids are talking about walking to collect water for their family, but... The statistic that four and a half thousand kids die each day is real and some of these kids are losing brothers and sisters to waterborne disease. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, well, like Flip, what what if that was me? I got twin sisters, Jess and Mel, they're younger than me. I thought, okay, you know, imagine walking to collect water for them. They die. Turns out the water I got them killed them. And I I'm just sitting there as a kind of a big brother, just trying to Process or how, how is it that we live in a world where so many young people go through this? And the idea dropped when I saw this other number and it was, it was the amount of dollars we are spending on bottled water globally. And in 2008, it was 50 billion today. It's a hundred billion dollars, um, and 600 million in Australia. And I literally say to people, I honestly think bottled water is the dumbest product on the planet. But the day I saw those two numbers, I thought, well, why isn't there a brand of bottled water that gives 100% of the profit to funding water projects? Why don't we take this consumer product that shouldn't even exist and and use that to help fund water projects in developing countries? And, you know, I told my, my best mate, my girlfriend, they're now co-founders, and we've got 50 staff, and, you know, it's been a long journey to get here. But that was the moment, and in its simplest form, it was just an idea that felt so possible. And yet I think what followed was months of everyone telling us kind of how impossible it might be. But um, but that was the beginning.
0: 19 years of age, massive idea, and a couple of friends who said, yep, I'll jump on board. How long did it take you before you got the got the project off the ground?
1: Yeah, look, it depends on what you define getting the project off the ground. You know, I, I feel... And and we joke about it, 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 it's not a joke, but we literally didn't know how to start a bottle water company, and so we Googled it. Yeah, and I'd say from the moment we Googled it, that's when we'd started. And, you know, some could argue, well, Googling it's not really starting, but I reckon, you know, I I just like to think the small steps are important, and that was day one, and Google told us a bunch of great stuff, Um, said you need a factory and a bottle and, you know, all that, you know, pretty pretty basic stuff but we thought well um if you need a factory and you need a bottle and we start reaching different players in the market we thought well, let's go meet with some of these factories and i don't know we might learn something and pretty you know probably a couple weeks in we we had the courage to book a couple of meetings with some factories and in our mind we're thinking all right we're gonna it's a fact-finding mission but at the same time we kind of want to look like we're serious, uh, and I had a friend who would designed up a, bo- a bottle and a label on her laptop, and you know, we turned up to these meetings, and say, right, we said, all we're launching a huge brand of water in Australia, and we just need to know if you, you know, if um, we could partner and how it all works here." And people looked at us pretty strange, and I think the the main feedback was, "You're up against, you know, Coca-Cola and all these massive multinationals who will squash you." You know, you don't have the money to enter the market, and so on. But what we got from those meetings was essentially our our mud map of how we were going to build this this little idea. And about five meetings in, um, you know, our game changed. I suppose when we sat in front of one particular uh, factory manager, and he heard the idea, and he he, I mean, he didn't just love it. He's like, this should exist. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's that's what I feel like. This should exist. And most factories wanted a couple of hundred grand up front. They want skin in the game. He said, you know what? If you can go out there and find a buyer for this, um, I'll make it for you. Then you just pay, pay me the cost of goods later. And it was like he was willing to give us a go, um, you, know, you know, on the condition we actually find someone to, to buy this product. And we said, no worries, that won't be hard. And, you know, we just covered how hard that would be. Um, In in the weeks that followed Um, But to answer your question We we kind of hit the ground running And I think sometimes Even now as we're a bigger organisation We have these great ideas But then there's this whole like analysis paralysis That people talk about Where you're just like over analysing, over researching And you're not actually taking action Um, I just love that we jumped right in And I think that was one of the secrets To kind of making it as far as we did
0: Yeah And in, in one of the early podcasts, I was, I was talking about dream stealers, and everybody listening would be familiar about dream stealers. You know, they're, they're yeah, the people yeah. who are experts on everything, never done anything, totally. but they want to trash your dreams. Did you come across a few of those?
1: Yeah, we, we did, and we, you know, strangely enough, still do. Uh, and I, I sort of like to point out, well, come on, we've got eight-year track record now, and there's a year, but, you know, long-term sustainability and et cetera, et cetera. And I think, well... You know, I don't know what it is within human nature, but there is something, whether it's in our culture or maybe in all of us that, you know, whether it's insecurities or whatever, but we are quick to judge. We're quick to see problems and not solutions. And we had a lot of that. Um, I love that we were naive enough at the time at 19 and 20 to go, oh, well, we'll just give it a crack anyway. (laughs) And And I think that naivety was something we didn't love being associated as a word next to our names. But today, you know, I honestly, for myself personally, I mean, I fight to keep the naivety, that kind of just belief in, well, but what if we could make it work? And what if we could find a way? Um, And
0: and you don't know what you don't know, and sometimes that's a good thing.
1: Yeah, I think it is now. And looking back, we didn't know. In fact, we, we go from that meeting with the um, the factory who's on board, we do some research from some big companies that distribute product. We picked the biggest one. We thought if we're going to play the big game, we've got to meet with the biggest. And we, we walk in the doors of a company called Metro Beverage Company. These guys work for Lipton, Red Bull some of the biggest beverages in the world, and they're an independent group, so separate to your Cokes and et cetera. And we were lucky enough to get about a 10-minute slot to pitch. We walk in, we present, we said, we're taking this to market, um, we've got a factory on board, and we just need to know are you in. We came to you because you're the biggest, but we're happy to go to competitors next week, but we just think that this is an opportunity um, you know, that shouldn't be missed. And in that meeting, uh, which actually ended up going for an hour. The director at the end says I'm going to take 50,000 units from you guys. How quick can you get it to me <laughs> to, to which I mean there's a bit of an awkward silence but I, I kind of blurted well, well we'll get it we'll get it to you in three weeks. And he he was like, gee, that's quick. And uh, I was like, yeah, 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 we're we're really quick at thank you water. And um, I remember the factory manager just spitting the dummy. He's like, the three weeks, did they say that? And I was like, no, 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 we said that. He's like, you idiot, you idiot. But uh, I love that we didn't know much about manufacturing lead times. We didn't know you shouldn't present to the biggest because they'll never take you. We just did it and it reaped some really, really good results early on. Um, I wish our story stayed that positive. It takes a pretty negative swing. But um, but I think we've, we've, we've tried to keep the naivety as we grew.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, you know, I love the story and I love what you just said as well. So you know, quite often we hear great stories about people playing a bigger game and because we don't hear... The, what you just said And I'm just going to go back to it in a second Because we don't hear the negative side We go, oh, for them it was so easy You know yeah. They just breeze through it But if I was going to do it, it'd be hard And yeah. the reality is No, it's not easy for anybody So uh, so what happened next, mate?
1: Well, we get the the, the dream order Goes out to the distributor pallet delivered to, um, to My mum and dad's garage Because we didn't have an office yet and we're unloading this pallet of water. And literally a couple of us, we go dead quiet. Um, a third, and we look in the boxes, a third of all the product uh, in every box the label was scrunched on. And some to the point you couldn't read it. And we call up the factory, what's going on. They and, so, and it turned out the quality control guy was away when they ran our product, um, which is just ridiculous. It's probably not even legal. Um, I call the distributor to say, hey, can we get that product back? But what they'd done is they'd sent it into stores in three states. So when they get product, they move fast. And I, I said, we need product back. And they explained that back is called a recall. <laughs> and that end, the, like recalls end brands and brand reputation in the market. Um, and literally, our launch becomes a product recall. And we spend three months pulling product out, no.
0: um,
1: kind of the, the low-budget way. And getting it back and re, kind of repacking. And so it felt like a false start. And I think that was bad. But if you fast forward, um, we relaunch. Uh, we build up to 350 customers. So cafes and outlets stocking the water. And and now we're, we're, we're one year in, 350 customers. And um, our factory doesn't supply product uh, for a five-week period. Due to other contracts, they, they just won. And we lost three hundred of our three hundred and fifty customers. No. Um, yeah. So a year in, we're literally like, we're done. We've lost future income. We've lost current cash, and um, the 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 light at the end of the tunnel was uh, we would presented to two retailers, pretty big ones, but kind of medium size, and they both said they in. Well, they they might be interested, and we. We thought, look, let's relaunch, because if one of those guys takes it, it's a game-changer. Um, and so we did. We've got a new factory, um, new distributor in Sydney. Um, and then this, these two retailers, just after our our next relaunch, they, they come back to us saying no. Uh, then they both come out with their own bottle of water that goes to funding water projects. Mm. And then our new distributor in Sydney uh, goes into liquidation. And they've got our money and our stock, essentially. And I'm, we're sitting back going, what the heck is this? Like, we're just trying to change the world and help people. And um, it shouldn't be this hard. Um, and it, it's interesting because for anyone listening, you'd hear the thank you story like, oh, yeah, product, all the profit goes. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Everyone would back that. Uh, But as we had all these setbacks, I'd catch up with mentors and be like, I'd be a crying mess. This is not working. What's happening? And some of my kind of mentor advice at the time was really, well, I didn't like it, but it was toughen up. This is, (laughs) this is the real, this is the real world. This is business. And the moment we began to realize that, uh, it really helped us because yes, we had these knockbacks. In fact, if you fast forward. To the two year mark, we had an, uh, one of the biggest supermarkets in the country commit to ranging the product. Then, uh, a couple of weeks later, as we're running production, a new person takes over that role, uncommits. So, now two years in, we've not only had bankruptcies and people copy the idea, we've got a national retailer ranging it, then unranging it within a three week period. and. Yeah, it built built within us this resilience. And we're presenting to retailers going, come on, this is, you know, consumers are behind it. People on Facebook like it. It's going to change the world. And they're saying, but you do not have the millions of dollars that the big brands are investing in their summer campaigns, in their new product campaigns. And after two and a half years and no national, actually, in fact, it was three years with no national um, retailer on board. We had built some thick skin, but also I think we built the courage to kind of take a next step and knock some doors down, which is kind of what what came next.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like you're now riding that exponential curve, so the the growth's happening, you got through the tough stuff, and now the dreams are starting to come true.
1: Yeah, they are. And and I think that's, you know, people talk about persistence, and I think that's important. And, you know, I like the thought that persistence and consistency is closely linked, so you've got to be very consistent, getting up every day and going again and again. And and if you can keep that consistency, I I think what we did right was we learned about why we'd failed for three years. some of our biggest, best moments that led to the exponential growth include one campaign we ran called the Coles and Woolworths campaign, which was a, it was a game changer. Um, it, it was a video on YouTube that said, hey, everyone, uh, for five years, and this is at our five year mark, uh, Coles and Woolies haven't ranged our product, uh, being our water. But we've just spent the last two years developing a food and body care range. We've got this whole idea to change uh, people's lives holistically. Um, and right now, we're asking you to jump onto their Facebook wall because um, we booked a meeting with both of them in two weeks, and we need you to tell them that if they stocked the thank you range, you'd buy it. And that, that was a bold move, um, you know, taking on the, the two biggest retailers in our country. We've got 70% market share, and the clip went viral, and we had media cover it um, like crazy. And, and actually, these two helicopter pilots, uh, Peter and Jeff, flew their helicopter uh, helicopters above the Coles and Woolies head office with these signs that said one said dear Coles thank you for changing the world in brackets if you say yes <laughs> <laughs> so nice. that went around the head office half an hour, half an hour around Woolies head office. Yeah it was crazy.
0: It that was crazy.
1: And and that that people are like how did you how you guys are like you are crazy. I mean we weren't crazy. We were just very committed to our idea. And every retailer said you can't prove awareness. So we thought, well, stuff going into another meeting without proving the awareness. We're going to walk into the next meeting showing them national awareness. And this campaign did that. I mean, people had sung songs and danced and rapped on YouTube and posted their support. And it led to Coles and Woolies both ranging it within hours of those meetings. And, you know, the rest is, is, is history there.
0: Incredible Incredible And and if somebody wanted to see I've seen that video And it is worth watching If somebody wanted to check it out Where would they go?
1: Just head to our our, uh, Thank you uh, Website Thankyou.co Or our YouTube channel In fact uh, And you'll see a whole bunch of videos We've done Um, They're shot in one take Usually And uh, They Yeah They're pretty long About seven eight minutes But Yeah Gets um, The idea across
0: Yeah I love them I love them Like Like We'll probably get you on again sometime in the year, I reckon, and we've got to get into the, the stage where we're probably going to have to start to wrap up. As love, much as I'd love to delve into the story more and hear about how you added body care and baby yeah. stuff, and but... Uh, that, We can have that story another time. For our listeners, you know, so 19-year-old, big dream, ran into some obstacles, learnt really fast, persisted and stuck with it, and now riding the curve of success. What advice would you give to other people about playing a bigger game?
1: You know, I think there's a couple of things. And, you know, one of the values that thank you, uh, and you got to understand, we're a really disruptive, fast-moving company, and one of our values uh, written on the wall or in the book, so to speak, is um, is learning, which sounds really kind of, I don't know, you know, some might say quite boring, but I think learning has been the game-changer for us is um, we, we talk about um, we will never know enough. Um, we say that. You know, we must stay humble and hungry to learn. And what is learning? Well, yes, there's formal education, there's podcasts, like what you're listening to right now, books, mentoring. Uh, Playing a bigger game is a great aspiration. You know, it's something that you want to do to get there. I mean, it's about learning what others have done in the past and then finding your own path, not just cutting and pasting someone else's. So I I think learning and, and, and being hungry for, for that is, is important, and I think building a great team around you, um, and, and when I say team, I'm not talking just about staff, I'm talking who, who's your personal team, the mentors, the colleagues, the advisors, the people that you bounce off, um, and I mean, Rowdy, you would have probably mentioned this or heard this talked about, but there's that old thinking that if you, and this is in financial terms, but something like if you take the net worth of your five or ten closest friends divided by ten, that's yours, some There's something like that, Um, and that's, you know, probably not the way I view everything. But I think if you look at those you're surrounding yourself with, if they're playing a bigger game, that will naturally pull you up, and that's what I found for me personally. Uh, and, And I also think keep the naivety, you know, just because you don't know everything. I mean, like in your words, Rowdy, that that that's sometimes the greatest help. Uh, keep the naivety, stay humble, and and, and be bold. And uh, I think, you know, you and I were just chatting about this before the show, as we we're talking about the year that's coming up. But you know, we're talking about enjoy the process. Yeah. You know, playing a bigger game is hard. It, it's it's fun and not fun, but it's about finding the joy in the process, and uh, and enjoying that ride. Yeah,
0: and being playful. Well, you know, well I think we get caught up in serious, you know, and yeah. and uh, and. Don't get me wrong, you have to be serious sometimes. There is a serious side to dealing with uh, Australia's two biggest retailers, I'm sure. But yeah. I love the way that uh, the video and, and the helicopter thing, that, that's a, that's a bit playful. You know, it's a bit, well, we've, we could turn up and do a serious presentation using PowerPoint and all of the uh, promo boards and all the right things. Or we could do something really different, playful and fun that people can get behind. And ultimately, that's what Thank You has done, isn't it? It's created a a movement that's changing the world. And that's really good fun.
1: Yeah, and and give me a positive. I mean, the name Thank You, it's a little bit of fun. It's, you know, I, I say to people, get in the cab, where are you from? Thank you. What? Thank you. I mean, we're having fun. But also, there's a very important underlying message for us, which is, thank you for helping end extreme poverty. But keeping it fun is a, and playful, I mean, I love the way you put that, because our world is so cluttered, and sometimes it is so serious. The only way you can cut through is keep it light, keep it playful, keep it positive.
0: Yeah. But... Uh- First of all, people. If you anybody listening, go if you if you buy bottled water, go and buy Thank You bottled water. If you buy body care products, buy Thank You body care products. If you buy baby products, buy yeah, Thank get You. The <laughs> get get the nappies on. Get the
1: nappies
0: on. And but uh, if they if they want to uh, reach out, get in contact, check out Thank You water, help out, sponsor. Uh, I don't know, you know, but. Uh, if somebody wants to get in touch, how should they do that?
1: Yeah, look, just hit us up on any of our social media channels uh, on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at thankyou.co, uh, not, not .com, we couldn't afford that one, we just <laughs> bought .co for 300 bucks, but um, yeah, if hit us up, we'd love your support, um, we launched a book recently titled Chapter One, we might talk about it later this year, Rowdy, but you know, buy the book, help spread the word. And, um, yeah, we, we, we need everyone. I mean, this is a word-of-mouth movement, and it works by people telling people. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you on board.
0: Awesome, mate. Uh, what's on for you this year? What's, are you allowed to share anything with us that's exciting on the radar?
1: Yeah, look, there's a few things. We've got our uh, first country launch outside of Australia, which is New Zealand, uh, launching a little bit later this year. Uh, and it's a really big and important step because it is the first-time thank-you launches. Uh, and I'm not just talking one or two products. I'm talking everything at once. But it's our first big launch outside of Australia. And, you know, we, we believe that this idea has a lot of potential in a lot of countries, maybe, around the world. But it's important to take it step by step. So New Zealand's a big launch. Uh, we're kind of riding the wave of momentum uh, that our book, Chapter 1, uh, you know, has, has generated. Um, it, it, hit some ridiculous numbers, something like 20 times bestseller level and raised about two, just over $2 million for the organization, um, which is brilliant. And, and that money is funding the future launches in other countries and some crazy ideas we have. So, um, yeah, a bit of a wrap up of, of the momentum from, from 2016, uh, new country launch, you know, and just to be open with everyone, you know, I realize that the bigger it gets, basically the bigger it gets. <laughs> so the, the success is big, but the problems are bigger. It, it kind of, the, the, if you graphed some of the challenges we're facing, they're exponential as well. And and I think the greatest illusion of the success is people see all these awards and last week or might have been last week or last year, we got cool company awards and this and that. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's great, but the, but also the internal workings are getting more and more complex and it's a real watershed year for us. I mean, we've got to solve some of our great challenges to ensure that this model is sustainable um, for years and we we hope decades to come and it's a very tough retail environment. Um, There's not too much room for many players. So, um, yeah, we've got some big, big moments ahead of us this year, big calls to make, but... um, Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll
0: keep it playful along the way. Daniel, I love your passion, energy and enthusiasm. I love the way you're playing a bigger game. I love the way you continue to raise the bar. I actually love the book. And for those listening the book's a little bit different and i won't give the it secret is. away you go and buy one and find out why it's different and make sure you're contributing to the cause in the in the same time and daniel we'll definitely get you on again mate love the story i awesome. Awesome. love what you're doing anybody listening you want to learn more about Thank you. You know where to go to do that. If you want to send us an email, ask us a question, send an email to podcast at rowdymcclain.com. You can zip across to the website and check out all of the podcasts there at rowdymcclain.com or you can subscribe on iTunes. If you loved this interview as much as I did, you should share it on all the social media so more people know about Thank You and the fantastic work that they're doing. Daniel, thanks again for being on the show. We'll talk to you again real soon.
1: Thanks so much, Rowdy. Appreciate it.